0: you Uh. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Butter said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the flow plan, a all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop the one hand. And Pat we trust, it's Spall have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show
2: on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
3: All right, welcome into Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons if you're listening on the podcast feed. We are on all of the podcast channels, including Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Nobody wants to hear any of this tonight, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, we are sponsored, as always, by our friends over at PrizePix. Use the code 5, 5, Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. You know what I won tonight? $100 because the damn game went to overtime, which got that extra rebound that I needed for BAM. Uh, make sure you use the code 5. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. Download it off the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or prizepix.com. Uh, real simple here tonight. Biggest win of the season by far. There is no close second. Let's stop talking about a Phoenix team without two starters. Uh, This was on the road. This was against a team that has been by far the best team in the NBA this year, the Boston Celtics, the best offensive team in the league. They've had one of the best players in the league tonight who couldn't make anything, although the other guy stepped up. But the Miami Heat had just about everything going against them tonight. Bam Adebayo picks up three fouls in the first half. When he was just trying to get into rhythm, Tyler hero tweaks his ankle before the end of the first half, Jimmy Butler coming back after a two week break. And not only do they withstand all of that, they withstand a miracle shot by Jalen Brown. Just give him credit for it. A banked three with Jimmy Butler going straight up at the end of regulation. They fall behind in the overtime rally back. Jimmy makes two huge shots, one in regulation, one in the overtime bam is is terrific in the overtime haywood highsmith okay can we before we go any further does anybody want to apologize to eric spolstra at this point because all i heard for three weeks was why the hell is this guy playing he played him down the stretch tonight the help defense tonight from haywood highsmith was tremendous i don't care if he didn't score at all This was, and Greg, I'll let you go here, because we talk about wins that change a season. I don't know where they're going. I still think they need help in areas. I think you and I agree about that. But this was a season that looked like at times it could careen off the path, like that they couldn't get it back. They win a game like this in that environment with all of that going against them, they're going to start to believe in themselves a little bit again. That's going to go a long way.
0: I mean... We got to throw context out a little bit tonight and just just kind of celebrate the fact that the Heat went up there and responded, and Jimmy was back, and he looked sharp. I feel like Bam is slowly transforming into a go-to guy, like the stuff he's able to do to get to the line late in games, and now he's so reliable from the free throw line, Uh, and and just everything he did defensively. uh, To your point about Highsmith – we were just talking about it on the show the other night about how Spo would probably trust his defense. Look what he was going. He went to him. He basically went to him instead of Caleb Martin late in that game. Uh So there was just so many positives. I think it is the biggest victory of the season because now that the team is relatively whole as they look ahead, I feel like this is like one of those hallmark victories that can – um that can turn around a season frankly and you know if they if they lose the next 3 people will clip this and 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 joke about it but like these are the type of games that can turn around a season and it's just good to see them respond this way it's good to see that Tyler's not injured after he you know tweaked his ankle early Kyle Lowry played well there's just a lot of positives um and I'm I'm hyped up so obviously that's just uh the vibe no ceiling
3: We'll get into Bam. And I saw some comments that are coming in. Alejandro Vegas, our producer, is throwing them up there. And there's some – this is still Jimmy's team. I think that the thing about tonight is that, yes, down the stretch of those games it is, but Bam came along. And we talked about that. And and I'll go to you on this uh, first, Alex. So We, we discussed this uh, on the episode the other night. Would Bam shrink when Jimmy came back, right? And if Jimmy – Jimmy was working his way into this game. Like he, he was – I mean, he was it was a little bit of bully ball there. Um, but he wasn't high-volume shooting in the first half or anything like that. Bam gets the three fouls. If there was ever going to be an excuse for Bam to check out, okay, like we have seen him check out before, it's when he's in foul trouble. He's concerned about picking up fouls. He starts to get unaggressive, if that's a word. He didn't tonight. He got more aggressive as the game goes on. They had all three of them working together, and actually, Kyle played really well tonight, too. So this is the first time – is this the first – is this fair to say, Alex, is the first time all season all four of them have played well on the
2: same night? Yeah, especially when you talk about all four of them having, let's say, standout games relative to what you know we expect from them, right, more or less. I just think where they all have games where you feel they had A games, right, more or less, whether you're going between A minus, A plus, all four of them easily, I think, had A games. And it's just everything you want to see, right, If when you start going – into each guy right with bam the other night he had a great game and and i i brought up how he only had the two free throw attempts which you know you're not going to be able to do that every night he's he's very reliable on that end and he did that tonight he got nine uh free throws whereas jimmy only had the three you know coming back first game from injury so he's just kind of you know plugging in for the holes there he had a terrific game scoring and even though i think teams know that he wants to get to that go-to uh, short mid-range turnaround, however you want to describe it. I, it's it's still, it's it's money, right? And I think that you feel good about it now. You feel good about the way that he gets that shot as a counter. Sometimes he falls in love with it a little bit, and, and I understand why, because I think a lot of times bigs would rather give that up than, you know, open up and give him a, a drive to the rim. But I I feel great about what I saw from Bam. I think Jimmy was playing a little bit more conservative. And then you look at the box score and he took the most shots, took 21 attempts, which you usually don't see. Obviously, it's an overtime game. So the shots are going to be a little bit inflated right now. But, you know, between Tyler and Bam, they had 18 and 19 field goal attempts, uh, you know, respectively. Kyle had a great game. I just feel great about the shot distribution, the way that all these guys got into it, even though it felt like their offense was stagnant and they didn't have, you know, neither team had a good, half-court offensive ratings tonight. The difference is they don't need the threes to fall to win games anymore, I think. Now that I think you feel a little bit better about what Bam can do more consistently as a scorer, it gives them a little bit more optionality, a a little bit more offensive versatility. And even though Jimmy is the closer, and I think there's no doubt about it, Bam was still plenty involved in that fourth-quarter crunch time offense. And by the way, Kyle and Tyler had their looks too, right? Maybe not Tyler as much, but Kyle was handling the ball a whole lot throughout the game and a whole lot throughout crunch time. And maybe that changes when Jimmy is, uh, you know, more back in a rhythm. He goes back to being more of a playmaker. But I just feel like they can get to buckets in a lot of different ways, and they're finally kind of starting to put that together, and they don't need the threes to go down in order to thrive. Like, they played into a Celtics game plan uh, hit and attempted twice as many mid-range attempts. So I played at the rim, won the, the rebounding battle, won the turnover battle, and it's just like, yeah, they put together a great team effort. This is the model game.
3: It is the model game. And, and I'll something else on this too. I mean, and Brady, I want to get into the schematics uh, of this. Uh, it, it, to me, what we saw in these two games beyond the schematics that Spolscher put in, I thought he coached this like a playoff game. Okay, very much so. He wanted this one. You can tell the way he went about it. But it was their resilience in these two games, which is something that when we compare this team to two seasons ago, when they fell apart after getting to the finals, they had a lack of resilience that season. And this season we've seen some of that. That was a little bit concerning, but you look at even the game that they lost two nights ago against, and I'm not, I know people are blaming it on the watch party. It wasn't that they were competitive. Um, <laughs> thanks again to tropical distillers, but they were, they, they kept fighting back in that game. They made four or five runs, but they couldn't quite get over the hump. Tonight, they did the same thing, but then in the third quarter, they did. And then once they did, and it went back the other way again, and you're dealing with the officials in Boston, you're dealing with the crowd in Boston, you're dealing with history in Boston, uh, you're dealing with a a guy in Jalen Brown who was almost as good tonight as Jason Tatum was two nights ago, okay, because they have two of those guys, and yet they kept coming, which I I thought was impressive. The other thing, you mentioned this, Alex, the shooting, the three-point shooting. They really did the three role players we've talked about so much, okay, Vincent, Struess, and Caleb, uh, with the exception of a little blip from Caleb, they didn't get anything tonight, really, from the three of them. And they still won the game. Duncan Robinson didn't wasn't one of their top 10. They had Eudonis Haslam minutes tonight again for four minutes, which by the way, were not bad. Okay. They really weren't, okay. But, and they played 10 guys, and, and yet they still, again, overcame sort of this Spolster mixing and matching. So let's get to the schematics on it because, Brady, you predicted this before the game. We were going to see man, we were going to see switching. They were going to get away from the zone. They did. Spolster did that. Again, 10 man rotation, playing heavy Haywood Highsmith minutes. No Yovich, as we've kind of predicted would be the case in games like this. No Robinson, as we've kind of predicted would be the case in games like this. Just get through kind of what Spo did tonight.
1: Yeah, I think the the fact that they went back to switching pretty much changed everything you'd want for Miami because it sh- changes their shot profile. You look at what Tatum did. Uh, what he, he had 49 the other night. But if, when you look at his actual shots, like he was comfortable. Like every one of those shots was right in the pocket. Like sit, standstill threes at the top of the key. Like that's what happens when you're in zone. You're going to force those type of shots. And this Celtics team is going to absolutely pick you apart. When you're switching like they were, uh, and then all of a sudden Bams on him. And then all of a sudden Caleb, I thought was very good uh, on him throughout this game. Like I usually it's I was kind of expecting Caleb on Jalen Brown and then and Jimmy on Tatum. Uh, but you could kind of switch back and forth there. But Caleb was really good in that uh, way. And then Haywood Highsmith, as you mentioned, he had a, got a lot of good plays on him. There was the one play uh, late in this game. They were really attacking Tyler. It's going to it's what teams are going to do time and time again, because that's the guy that you want defending you late in the game. He drove to the pa- uh, basket on one of the plays, past Tyler. Haywood comes out of nowhere, uh, ends up getting, like, a piece of the ball, like, a full-on double. Like, those plays, when he's making that the end of games while closing, like, that is just so important. Uh, on the offensive side of things, like you guys were talking about, that there was some certain things uh, from their core guys that they were doing, like the Kyle's turnaround jumper, as Alex was talking about. But I just thought the fact that they just kept going to Bam, like, he was not – Usually Bam's the guy, like there was a lot of games last season where we remember late in the game, Bam's in the dunker spot. He's the guy that's flipping from dunker spot to dunker spot. That was Jimmy tonight. Like as much as we talk about what Jimmy was doing, the the shot that put him up three late in the fourth quarter, Kyle fed it to Jimmy because he was flipping dunker spots. A really good play. Jimmy hit the little little shot there, baseline. But Bam is the one that's in every one of these actions. And he's the one that's in these face-up jumpers. He's the one that's getting to his spot down Low, where he's basically found his go-to move in the process here of kind of without Jimmy. Like, he's found what he wants to get to. And then you add in the fact that he can get to the line. Like, there was so many elements here. Uh, and I think Tyler deserves some love in this game because they don't, they're do not they not in this game in the fourth quarter if he doesn't show up from deep and he doesn't do the type of shot creation things he was doing. Like, we kept talking about his playmaking and all of this stuff, adding ja- uh, Jimmy back into these things. It was pure shot creation, Tyler. Like, he was just going to just... Uh, sprints off handoffs, try to get into the lane, get into his pull up. And he was uh, just hitting from three in general. So uh, back to the defense, that I will mention the funny thing about the zone is like they went on a, a it was like, they were switching for a while there. They went to like two possessions of zone and they hit back to back threes. And I don't know why they went to zone at that point. Cause Bam was in the game, uh, but that just tells you where they are. Like they've, they've maxed out this zone as much as possible. Like I was all for it because they couldn't do anything else. Like there was, there was no other real option. Now with Jimmy back, with Bams on the floor, they have actual options defensively. And you you mentioned kind of what was the difference, I guess, from last game and kind of getting over the hump run-wise. The other thing that needs to be mentioned is is in the third quarter, they went from the nine-minute and 30-second mark to the three-minute mark, and they had one made field goal. Like, literally six and a half minutes of one made field goal. And that's when I was like, this one's over. You cannot do that against good teams or great teams. You cannot just have those type of runs. But Boston allowed them to get back in the game, and part of that was defensively. And the last thing I'll just throw in, you mentioned Haslam playing good, have a good four minutes. The most Haslam stat ever is he played four minutes and had three fouls. Like The fact that you can do that type of thing is just wild. Well, he also,
3: he also drew a charge. He had a rebound. I don't think that was the plan for Eric Spolstra, but, again, it tells you who he trusts in those situations. All right, we're going to get to more of this, and then – I want to throw one other thing into the mix because I, I we'll, we'll get to it here in a second. Before we do, we her commenting here, so I want to make sure I mention her. InsurancebyLynette.com. Reach out to A. Aggressive Insurance, um, our friend Lynette, our frequent commenter here and a sponsor of the post-game show, Five on the Floor Live. Um, if you're looking for uh, life insurance, renter's insurance, especially car insurance, especially if you don't have a great driving record, uh, she can help you out. Go to insurance by Lynette.com that's insurance by Lynette.com. reach out to Lynette today at a aggressive insurance. I'm sure Alejandro will get that up here on the board here any minute. All right. So let's, uh, let's continue here. I want to, um, focus on one other quick thing because we talk about the bench tonight. Okay. They didn't get a lot from it and we keep talking about, okay, when everybody's back, where does everybody fit? And Eris Bolster has this thing that he has said to me for years that it sorts itself out, okay? Like, we sit here stressing about rotations, and it's good for talk radio when that used to exist, or podcasts or any of that kind of stuff, right, to talk about rotations and who's going to be left out. And he always will say to me, would you guys just relax? Like, it, it'll sort itself out. Like, we'll figure it out. Guys will go down. Guys will come back. There'll be places of the rotation. And I'm looking at the bench tonight, and I'm thinking – they could have used Victor Oladipo tonight, or some version of Victor Oladipo tonight, right? To give them, you know, rim pressure off the bench to kind of plug the holes to, uh, defensively and all that kind of stuff. Do you see when you look at this team now, Greg? Do you see a little bit more of a place for him because he's close?
0: He's close, yes. and they oh and they gosh, counted yes. on him big time going into this uh, into this season. No, and I um, have been probably the most pessimistic after what transpired early in the season. Um, so to your point, like, yes, they absolutely can use him. You, you remember the things he was doing defensively against that Boston Celtics team, and you think about um, him having a roll off the bench. I, I I think that that's totally viable. Uh, I just, um, they're missing more than that, honestly. I mean, I think we can all also uh, look at this roster, and when you see Spo basically trusting around eight every night like it's not really trusting nine or trusting ten he may play ten but when you're talking trust like over 20 minutes it's usually around eight guys lately anyway and um to me that that says that there's probably a couple um additions like a victor oladipo and maybe some sort of mid-season trade uh that they really need but to your point like it's just going to fortify the bench i thought that uh, really, only one guy showed up tonight, so they need extra depth um, because their biggest thing to get through a season, and you talk about that they figure it out and it sorts itself out. Um, this is a regular season problem to me. It's not a playoff problem. Once you get to the playoffs, if people are healthy, you're going to play the you know, the eight, nine guys that you have, and then you're all good. But if, if, to get through a long regular season, that's when you need uh, all hands on deck.
3: Alex, to follow on that, because you've been the Oladipo guy, tell me where he would have helped tonight. or I mean, would Where would where would you have used him tonight?
2: I mean, I think he could have been somebody to give you a little bit more juice on the ball offensively. You know what he brings defensively. He absolutely would have helped uh, on those switches. We saw what he could do against these specific players in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that was one of the few, I think, bright spots for him. And, you know, it was nice to see him play uh, real minutes in the playoffs. And it kind of went up as time went along, especially, you know, game seven, PJ went down and it was, he was kind of forced in that position. So it was interesting to see him uh, try to fit around everybody, despite not really having a lot of time to get back into things. And now he's kind of in a similar position, except he's going to have the whole regular season to Mm -hmm. kind of, I think, get back into a rhythm first instead of having to play in high stakes basketball, uh, which I'm sure was cool for him. But I just think like Victor Oladipo, Um, is going to be a nice, useful player for them. And I think it's too much pressure if he's looked at as somebody who's going to come here and fix their bench issues. And I really do go back to this a lot. I just think it's really about the rotations, right? And I know what you said about Spo and how he feels about rotations. It's less about who's in or out to me and more about how you stagger. I'm just a huge – I'm always going to be a huge stagger guy, especially when this roster, the way it's built, you have four guys that you kind of have in your core, more or less, right, with Kyle, Tyler, Jimmy, Bam. I think you can have two of them on the floor at all times. Like, there was a period tonight where uh, it was kind of Tyler out there with Gabe, and I don't mind that bench back court, but then it was also with Deadman. Then, you know, they ended up subbing Bam back in, and there was a whole foul trouble thing tonight, so it wasn't the, you know, representative of regular rotations. All I'm saying is, you know, if you have two of of those four on the floor at all all times and you just kind of figure out the rest around them, I don't really feel any sort of worry or concern about the bench, especially when Victor Oladipo comes back, you know, and you have a little bit more health with your backup fives, right? Like I, I, it's fun watching UD play and and get his uh, fouls and charge and rebounds whenever he does play, especially since his last season, but they shouldn't be at that point where he has to be playing versus the Boston Celtics, even if it's a regular season game. So Yeah. Although I know, although
3: I know he enjoys that because he hates that franchise pretty much more than all the others combined. I think Indiana is
2: second, but it's a it's a distance. There's a lot that Spaldwick is willing to to go to him in a in an important game over Jovic.
3: Well, I I think we yeah. have we we discussed this when everybody was getting excited about Jovic, but I I think that I think there's enough of a tease there to see what you like and i just don't think they're at that stage right now as an organization or a team and that's why like ben was commenting here and sort of joking does everybody still want to tank it's just not an organization that's going to do that i mean the the conversations i've had with them behind the scenes have all been can we can you wait till they we get healthy can can we wait to see what it looks like this was the eighth game with this starting lineup and my counter to that is there are certain seasons, you guys have told me that, and you never got healthy. We never saw the starting lineup. And the whole year was, okay, this will be fine when everybody gets healthy. Well, now at least it's happened, right? So now there should be, and that's why when Tyler tweaked his ankle, I was like, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, not not as a rooting interest, but just like, okay, we're not going to get to see what they've talked about. Now we get a chance to see it. When we come back, though, I want to talk about sort of the, the – <laughs> The whole Highsmith Robinson thing, because it's fascinating because it also tells you as an organization what they don't care about, which is a point I've tried to make many times. I do want to introduce our next sponsor, though, ODM Performance Solutions. Team building is hard. Just ask the New York Knicks, ODM P, I changed it from the Kings. I can't do the Kings anymore. ODM PSI can help you build a winning team and keep it together. If you're looking to fill an important role at your company, ODM PSI can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. To find out more, check out ODMPSI.com or give them a call at 954-434-0634. That's 954-434-0634. All right, let's touch on this because the performance solution of the night appears to be at least the the rotation solution, Brady, for uh, Eric Spolscher seems to be Haywood Highsmith in these minutes. It's not Duncan Robinson. It's a lean towards defense over offense when Duncan isn't one of the top 10 guys. But it's also a lean to a guy who we didn't even think would survive January, right, on his contract. Over a guy they're paying $18 million a year, and some were saying they had to showcase. So before you jump in here, I want to say one thing. The Miami Heat do not showcase players. I've tried to tell fans this forever. They don't believe in that. They know that everybody around the league knows what Duncan Robinson is and what he isn't. Like him hitting, going three for four from three in a game is not going to convince somebody to trade for him. This is one of these dumb premises that gets out there. They don't care. They're going to play who they can play to win the game. But Brady, why do they think Duncan Robinson can't help them win these games? Because they got no bench scoring tonight. They Struess wasn't making his shots. They they weren't hitting from three. Duncan still can't get off
1: the bench. Is it basic? I mean, is, is this done for him essentially? Well, I wouldn't say it's done. I think it's done with a health, healthy roster. Yeah, but I don't think we can predict full on health because he's going to get plugged in at some point if he's still on the roster. But I don't feel like when you talk about Haywood Highsmith versus Duncan, I brought up before the fact that they're going at Tyler at the end of games. We saw what happened this last game when, when Tatum has 49, it's not a coincidence that almost every lineup has two below average defenders on the floor. Like that is not what this heat team or what Spo wants to do. He does not feel comfortable with that at all. Uh, He'd rather a guy be an absolute negative offensively, as long as he's providing some stuff, Uh, on the defensive end. So we mentioned before what Highsmith is. I think the difference is we look at a game tonight where it's like their core four and their starting five plays really, really well. In all these years, we've talked about how Bam is trying to get role players going. He's running the handoffs to try to get this guy. And it's not Jimmy or Duncan trying to get Bam going off the role. Highsmith just, he's screening out there. He's not running in action. And it's screening for Bam. He's screening for Jimmy. He's screening for Tyler. And then he's doing this stuff on the defensive end. So not only is he doing what they want, but he's also enhancing their best players. Where Duncan, it's, you're not only trying to create, your best players are trying to create for them, but then you're also having your best players cover up for them on the defensive end. So it's like you're adding more pressure onto your best players. So when it's a game like this, when it's a game that has two like elite shot creators in Brown and Tatum, it's a no-brainer to go with Highsmith. I was surprised, obviously, by the fact that they closed with Highsmith over Caleb. Like that—that's more intriguing to me because I felt like Caleb did a really good job as well, and it was kind of just pick your poison type thing because I thought both of them did good things in different manners on Tatum and Brown. But I think we've a, a pretty much got to the point where with this roster we saw tonight, if everybody's available that we saw tonight, just forgetting about all the depot for a minute, Highsmith's their ninth, ninth guy, and I don't really see a problem with that. Like I don't—he had two points in this game. He was one for five. The only thing I'll say is like he when he gets like if you're going to take an open three you take an open three but there's these times where like they feed him on the short roll when he's taking these floaters like that's a negative shot in my opinion like that's the stuff that you'll clean up over time when you're the ninth guy that doesn't really matter but like those are the possessions that matter to me like they he's not pj don't have him do the pj floater in that manner so uh but most of the stuff we saw was positive and even like i said if he takes seven of those floaters what he's provided defensively tonight outweighs all that
3: all right. Before we close here, I want to thank our sponsors. Thanks to all our commenters here as well. Um, thanks for the donations. Uh, again, prize picks use the code five F I V E insurance by Lynette.com. We'll be back with the podcast, uh, on Sunday night on the regular channels and it'll go over here, but I, I want to finish with Greg here on this because, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going into the nitty gritty of this, which I think we needed to a little bit, you know, to kind of understand why Spo coached the game the way he did, um, uh, but the big picture on this ultimately is more important. And the big picture is we've been saying that the heat need to pick a direction. What happened tonight is going to choose their direction. If they weren't going that way, anyway, their direction is they're going to justify this and say, we just beat the best team in the league on the road with a lot of adversity. Okay. In overtime with our two best players playing big down the stretch with our young scorer carrying us through portions of the game, with our point guard still showing he can play at a high level when he needs to, and with the role players contributing enough, we can make a move and we can stay in this thing, and we can challenge Boston and Milwaukee, right? Like it, it isn't that if you're Pat Riley, Andy Ellisberg, Mickey. Ar- well, Mickey, there's a money factor there. So let's let's leave him out of yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how much decision making Adam Sim is making. We know Zoe's stay under Patrick the tax. Here. Okay. Andy and Pat. Okay. Let, mm-hmm. Let's stick to Andy and Pat. Okay. Cause I kind of know what they both think, but let's just, let's go forward on a little bit. Well, They're going to a- look at this and say, these MFers are going to have to still go through us in the playoffs. If we make the right move, right? Like that's, that's where this is headed after tonight.
0: I believe so because I mean, even before tonight's game, but especially after it, they uh what they're three games in the loss column out of the four four seed. Like they're they're literally a win streak away from being like from having home court advantage all of a sudden. So it's just they're not that far from being at least in that type of position. Uh, and that's when they have a shot again. So it it was um to me this game, and then when you look ahead and they've got teams like Detroit, San Antonio. Uh, Indiana, who's up and down Oklahoma City on the road, Houston and San Antonio on the road, Chicago, who's reeling, uh, you know, they, there's some games in December that they can get, you could, they could finish the new year all of a sudden in the sixth seed or something like that. And then you start to look around the league and you try to find the right piece, uh, someone that would fit perfectly. Um, and I have to say, as I watched tonight, uh, don't you guys feel like Grant Williams would be a really good fit on this team? Let's close with that. Thanks to our sponsors, Prize Picks. Use
3: the code 5FIV. If you stuck around for 28 minutes of this, uh, you, you'll remember what we talked about. Could be. So, uh, oh, could be. That You just want this clip. That's it. And I understand it. I get it. Uh, <laughs> Insurance by Lynette. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, we'll be back on Sunday night.
0: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports
1: Network.